It's a, it's a bright morning. My bedroom window looks out to the cul-de-sac that Sean and Christina's house sits on. The pavement is washed out beneath the sun, nearly white, kind of, kind of glowing almost. Down here, the days are growing warmer and warmer. I've forgotten how the heat builds. So early in the year, I mean, it's just layered with the sun and the humidity and the, and the longer days. And you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, uh, it's oppressive, <laughs> but you know, who am I to speak of warm weather? Well, you're upstate. It's, it's rude. I know, I know it's, uh, spring is coming though. And, and I'm jealous of you. It's my absolute favorite time of the year. Do you, um, do you ever wonder where the beginning of your love comes from? I mean, like, uh, where, where's the source of the love you hold for a thing, you know? Like, every year I, I wonder about my love for spring. Um, it's pure. I mean, I think it's true love, right? I, I think it comes from somewhere deep within. But sometimes I wonder if it, if it was like predestined, like is my love for the season predicated on my love for the end of April and the beginning of May? Is it because my birthday is situated on the cusp? There's that uh, transitory nature of stepping from one cycle and into another that I, that I adore. It's as if this month is, is the close of a chapter. But is it influenced by this adoration? Or maybe it's something to do with my childhood, or parental influence, or I, I, I don't know, you know? I just, I just question, yeah. One of my earliest memories is from Easter in 1992. We went to a very large church, uh, Hawthorne Gospel, and this place had a sprawling campus. It was, it was huge. I always remember feeling boundless. It was, it was so big. And it was a school also. So there was the main congregation building and then another building where the elementary school was held and another building called the Pavilion where lunch was served. And behind all of this were these woods with a brook running through the trees. And there was a high school across the parking lot with baseball and soccer fields behind those buildings. But man, that parking lot, like I, I remember it feeling like it was a desert. It was so bright in the summer. You, you know that pavement that kind of shines really bright and like reflects back into your eye? Like that's how this parking lot was and it would reflect the sun and I always had to walk really, really, really close to my mother when we walked to the car because I had to keep my eyes closed. It was just too bright. And, like I spent so much time there as a child. 
I feel like I was always there and time just is endless. Well, between the main building and the elementary school, there was this hill. Like, to my eyes at the time, it was, it was, it was a mountain. It had the softest and most vibrant green grass you've ever seen. And it was dotted with those tiny yellow flowers with, with a million tiny petals. And there were these other flowers. Um, well, maybe not flowers, but they had, they had thick stems with cotton ball tops. And they would explode when you blew on them. You know, you'd, you'd pick them and you'd blow. And, and they'd break up and float away on the breeze. Anyway, this, this church was kind of built into the hill. And after Sunday school, we'd run up and, and, and we'd get to the top and then we'd throw ourselves down and roll. And, and at first, you'd see the sky, right? And then, and then the treetops and then the grass. And then you'd come around and you'd see the sky and the treetops and the grass. And, and you'd come around again and the sky, treetops, grass, and the sky, treetops, grass. And, and you'd be doing it faster and faster until you had to close your eyes because you were getting dizzy. When you crashed down at the bottom where it flattened out, you'd be laughing up at that powder blue sky because everything was just gold and green and blue and, and, and silly. <laughs> and, and that was spring. It was good. It was really good. As I grew older, spring took on a more religious significance. Until I was like 15, I was very much into the idea of Christ, like the resurrection. It's a powerful story, maybe one of the most powerful because it speaks to something greater than death, right? Like it's another facet of that transitory mythos built up around the spring and, and I just fell so hard for it. Not so much the, the biblical aspect of it. I mean, how many mythologies include springtime resurrections? How, how many are built around the idea of rebirth? And especially for those for those early agricultural communities who relied on this transition, so the, the very fabric of their societies was built into spring, overcoming winter, life overcoming death, that transition from dark to light. Of course, I, I didn't have this language as a nine-year-old, but the symbolism wasn't lost on me either. I always imagined Christ as this white lily who opened up to the light of dawn. I don't know if I created that image or if it was the prevalence of lilies on Easter morning at this church that connected the two for me. I wish you could have seen this church, I really do. They went all in on Easter. I mean, like floral arrangements lining the pews and the stage looked like this explosive pastel garden and then there was stained glass bleeding 
the story of Christ through the sunshine with these bright primary colors and they would they would find the pastel flowers and everything would light up and we'd sing these hymns that got caught up in the rafters and the music would rise up these great wooden beams buttressing the roof which was so very high and I was so very small and it just it felt like it was heaven and when the service was over and we'd all filter outside we'd see that the grounds reflected the beauty of that pastel garden and those primary colors and the chorus of our voices rising so high. Instead, it was just all towering trees and they were all wearing crowns of a thousand shades of green. And these manicured flowering plants of every color and shape were all around and, and the brook behind the church would be bubbling a chorus of springtime snow melt and it was, it was almost as if these days were meant to be worshiped. As I grew older still, I began associating the spring with the resurrection of all life, and I moved away from Christianity altogether, especially once I found out about pagan traditions and, and, and the Greek tradition of Persephone specifically. She really struck a chord in my heart. Like, here is this abducted woman, a goddess, breaking free and, and coming into her full powers, just removing the chains of Hades and, and putting aside death and dark from all the worlds. What I loved about her the most was that she did all of this because that was her purpose for being. To shine and keep death at bay. Not because she cared for us, she had her own reasons. She had her own rebellion, her own impulses, her own needs and desires, and, and I found this to be comforting. It's much easier to see a lily for a lily when you know it's blooming because it's alive for itself. It doesn't exist for me. It doesn't exist to save me or remind me of a creator. It, it, it exists for itself. I just get to enjoy its beauty and, and wonder at its shape and scent and resilience. And, and I only get to do this so many times in my life. I get to see how it unfurls in the sun like a tea leaf in water drinking in the light and just swaying in the breeze. Even then, these weren't conscious thoughts exactly. They are more like experience layered on experience. It's like more a reaction to spring than anything else. This spring just has a deep meaning for me, though I really don't know what it means. I just know that as the world grows warmer and, and, and the trees begin to bud and the flowers crack through, like that hard-packed soil, something inside of me rejoices. And part of that is my birthday, certainly. I, I may tell everyone I don't care, but it's an incredibly meaningful moment for me. Not in the, not in the sense of wanting to make a big deal or, or have a party or even tell anyone. Like, I don't care about any of that. It's, it's not like, a, like a milestone. A, a marker for growth, a time of reflection on, on who I was yesterday and who I want to be today. I enjoy the simple celebrations, you know, walking along the river, seeing the ocean, strolling past the brownstones and, and through the gardens, Picnicking in the park, 
going out in the evening and having a bottle of wine with friends. It's a, it's a day that celebrates reflection and rebirth, like the, the reconstitution of my spirit. It mirrors spring in that it's a new beginning. often equate the rhododendron to the end of April, though in truth they bloom a few weeks later. I, I know that. I, I know. But what I love about them is, is everything. They, I, I love their preparation through the winter. These tight little flower pods sitting on these broad leaves of deep emeralds that grow larger throughout March and April. And when they, and when they finally break open in May, it, it's like an explosion of color, like these pale pinks to deep violets and, and their honey-like scent and the velveteen touch of their petals on my fingers. Like, oh. I just... Imagine now each spring that I am the rhododendron. I am the flower that resurrects. And not for myself or, or, or anything in particular, but rather to simply exist for a moment in something that's outside of my perception, something far greater than I could have ever have imagined rolling down that grassy hill as a four-year-old. Perhaps that's what I'm reaching back towards. Like what purity exists in this world but the joy of a child unencumbered by decades of indoctrination, influence, years of confusion, love, hate, endless contemplation on what all of this could possibly mean. It's just joy, unfettered in a single moment like how it felt to be weightless and, and out of control rolling down that hill as the sky gave way to grass and there's just laughter. <sighs> and where spring is, so is that child. So is that four-year-old who is completely unaware that 30 years later he would attribute such beauty and innocence to that moment. How could he have known he was experiencing a perfect moment? How could any of us know?